Welcome back to the Geek Domination Podcast. We are at the nerdly news section. Okay. Yep. Yep. That was not going to happen. Yeah. We're going to start with some film news this week with the um, the results of Furious 7 from the box oh office, God, which right. is it's kind of ridiculous how well this movie's doing. It's kind of disgusting. In a, in way. a way. In a way. So um, opening weekend results, $143 million domestically, which is the ninth biggest opening of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think a record's been set like that. I think the last one was, I was reading the article, it was like 2013 was the last time. I think it was one of the um, the Hunger Game films. Yeah, you're right. That made it, it that it, high. You're right. It, it, uh, catching Fire. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, internationally, it made, oh gosh. I 384 think, million. 384 million, which is, I, I want to say was the fourth biggest opening weekend all time internationally. Which again, <sighs> insane. To follow this up, in 12 days, Domestically, it has now gained $252 million, which sounds actually kind of on the normal scale. But when you factor in global, $800 million globally as of this morning. Same as the entire franchise so far. It's like a, what, it's like a $3.1 billion franchise, and this movie alone is almost already to a billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's insane. Like we were saying, like, um, Paul Walker's death plays a large factor. People who have enjoyed this franchise from its beginning want to see the one that he did his final moments in as well as factor in the fact that he had both of his brothers partake to cover it to yeah. cover the, the final parts in front of him hearing um everyone's kind of relieved and glad that it's not some kind of stupid cheesy death scene to just kind of get his character out of the picture yeah but i was honestly expecting that seeing as well, uh yeah. that's the, the easy the way style out. of the franchise too right like, it's, it's the just, easy way it's out it's that cheesy niche yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like that's a big part of it because it's just, it's kind of the same thing that happened with uh, Dark Knight. Uh, oh, absolutely. With Heath Ledger dying, like when people hear about an actor that finally got some clout over the years, some some ability to kind of throw his weight around and do what he wants, and then died. That's when they usually are like, "We have to see this. We have to see what this is about." Like it was the last thing he did. I remember um, when Rises came out. There was a movie marathon that we went to, and it was. It started at like four o'clock, yeah, four or six o'clock, and it was Batman Begins, and then Dark, Dark Knight, Knight, and then Dark Knight Rises. Rises. Yep. I remember at Dark Knight, like when he takes off the mask and the yeah the bank scene, this the the theater just exploded in applause. It was actually really cool. Yeah, it's one of those things where whenever an artist dies, they they want to see what the last piece of his work was. Like I also, most people obviously acclaim Dark Knight, but one that I constantly go back to for Heath Ledger was. Uh, um, what's it called? It's the uh the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. That's the, that was his actual true last film that like, he was filming kind of alongside, and it was another quirky, weird character role. But that one was one that was interesting to see near the end because thinking that he was doing that and the Joker at the same time, like in the same couple months span, was just weird and cool and crazy. But yeah, people want to see that so. It's just weird to see the numbers that high. Yeah. And the other factor that I, th- I thought about was this is the first film that has such a broad choice of locations. That's rather true. than being like, oh, they're hiding out in South America and then shooting almost the entire film in the States while faking that it's other places. This one was actually filmed in Dubai. It was actually filmed in London. Like it had locations outside of the U.S. that it went to and it did stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that also kind of hyped it up. Absolutely. But yeah, it's doing pretty well. 
Um, Star Wars Saga uh, was made available digitally for the first time on Friday. Um, it's basically the Blu-rays. It's what's already out there. Um, actually saw... I don't remember if it was on Hulu, but it was actually a TV commercial yesterday mm-hmm. that I saw it on. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool that they're actually yeah. advertising it like that. <laughs> yeah, so what's interesting is like people were expecting that when Disney... The, the statements that Disney made earlier on like last year about this time that they were like we want to release the original like original remasters like the Han shooting first kind of remasters and then this wasn't them so people are kind of all in, up in arms but it shows a sign that Disney's taking a, a vetted interest in re-releasing them tastefully I think if they're going to do that really release the originals the original original November. I think it would work better and they would sell more if they were physical copies I'm sure it'll be both. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also guessing October, November. Right, before yeah, 7. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I feel like this is kind of just the early, like, hey, in honor of the, the convention that's going on next week, we're going to release all the films. Oh, digitally. my God. We'll be able to talk about Battlefront next week. I know. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> yep. Um, we got the confirmation <clears throat> this week that Olivia Wilde and Garrett Hendland will be returning for Tron 3, which is it's just a nice confirmation. They both did very well. In part of me's duh, but part of me's like, thank God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be real shitty if they announced they were going to film, and then they're like, but those two backed out, and we have to recast. That'd like, be awful. Fucking horrible. I love Olivia Wilde. Right. She's awesome in anything she does. Yeah, <clears throat> and Garrett Hun- Hedlund really hasn't done anything since Tron 2. Um, but he did really well on it, too. Yeah, he did pretty good. Um I think he could have been a little bit more compelling as an actor. He, it felt a little bit like he was pulling it out of nowhere. Yeah, a little bit at points. Um, the, the only next big thing that he's going to be in is that Warner Brothers uh, Hook film. Um, yeah, what the, is he in Hook? Uh, he plays the young Captain Hook. Oh, is he really? Who gets corrupted by uh, Hugh Jackman's Captain Blackbeard. So... That's that could be really cool. Um, some Batman vs Superman rumors. Um, All of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, Robin, Red Hood, are big ones. Um, that makes sense. I mean, Batman's supposed to be in like his fifties. He's supposed to be after he's been Batman for a while. So that would make sense that Robin and Red Hood and probably Nightwing have all kind of been around for a bit. So that that makes perfect sense. Um. A lot of the news comes from Latino Review, which, as I've said before, they actually break a lot of good stories, but they're so hit and miss with if they're actual stories or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Jason Todd's Robin uniform will be on display in the Batcave in uh, Dawn of Justice, which makes sense again, timeline-wise. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting that they're going this route because it it skips the the cumbersome storytelling of having to tell the origins of the robins right they're gonna they're gonna wind up telling the origin but probably in like a simple conversation rather than drawn out conjecture and storyline it'd be really cool if they actually just do toss red hood in there somewhere and that's kind of where they kind of explain the Mm -hmm. robin character specifically with jason todd and his death and everything I mean, it it would make sense, especially with Suicide Squad coming up. Wow, I messed that up. Suicide Squad coming up. Yeah. That um, the Joker being involved. And, yeah, it, it just makes sense for the timing. We're able to see a more grim and brutal Bruce Wayne, probably, who's been around. He's grizzled. He's not very nice anymore, and as if he was ever nice. But just in the sense that 
there was a difference in time between young Batman who's like ready to go and willing to make compromises for things like friendship and things like that. Whereas an old one's just like, fuck it. Like I'm old. I've been chasing crime for 20 I'm years. I'm, I'm old Batman. Yeah. But I yeah, zero fucks sense. to the zero fucks I gave before. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like uh, Warner Brothers wants to make Red Hood much more of a primary kind of character, which is justifiable considering the history he's had there. Which would play even more to if what we are expecting that the Arkham Knight will be Jason Todd and the Red Hood. Yeah, because I feel like that will drive more hype inadvertently. It could just be one giant scheme at Warner Brothers, which would make sense. Right. Um, there's also a new clip featuring uh Jeremy uh yeah new clip of from the the animated feature that's uh Batman versus Robin Jeremy Sisto as Talon. Yeah. Uh Court of Owls uh the first Talon was uh what's his name? Uh Dick Grayson's great-grandfather. And so that's kind of cool to see that in the animated feature too. Uh um, Is this a direct sequel to Son of Batman? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um Power Rangers found a director Dean Israelite uh, from Project Almanac. I never saw that. Did you? Saw it? No, I never never yeah. did. But it's interesting to see. It's kind of a different direction than I thought they were going to take it. Yeah, I agree, because I was not expecting this announcement at all. I was expecting anyone else at this point. Right. It's just a little odd. I mean, I'm just more interested to see what they're going to be doing with that at this point. It's supposed to just kind of revive the franchise at this point. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting no matter what. Yeah, and I don't even know where they're going to, like, what direction they're going to go. I I think at worst they're going to go PG-13. I feel like that's the only right. safe route to go I for them. I think especially with that whole Power Rangers thing that escalated about a month ago. Yeah. With the R-rated yeah. tone and just the reaction to the cast from that. It was yeah. just, I don't think they'd go R. Yeah, there's just no way. We got um the announcement that Christopher Marcus and Stephen Mathieli um, mm-hmm. who wrote all three caps, rewrote parts of Thor 2, they'll be writing Avengers Infinity War, which makes 100% sense with, with the Joe Russo, Russo with directing the Russo them. brothers in general. Right. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I mean, one of the most fantastic things from the uh, Captain America uh, Winter Soldier Blu-ray was the featurette that included like their behind-the-scenes and their thought processes on it. They're actually, like I've said before in the past, they're huge fans of the Screen Junkies and more specifically the series um, Cinema Sins. Yes. I love Cinema Sins. And their favorite part about it is that as filmmakers, they're able to look at that and go, okay, from this mentality, how do we make a film impenetrable? (laughs) And like Captain America Winter Soldier had like, I think, seven sins total. It was not a lot, but they were nitpicking. Yeah, they, they even admitted they're nitpicking, and they were like, you really should see this film. It's really, really good. And so, like, there's kind of this play with that, that, like, the directors are playing a game with these guys. Like, okay, go ahead. Like, here's our product. Go uh, for it. Find find a hole. So, I agree. It just makes sense for them to go this route. Uh, a couple of small pieces of Marvel news. We got the confirmation oh, yeah. that um, Doctor Strange will begin filming in November. Which is really cool. I'm so excited. It's going to be so good. That one I'm most stoked about because the director's done more like true horror. And while they might not go R-rated, I could easily see them going more psychological. Especially after seeing Daredevil. and like That's the, the perfect oh, tone for Doctor Strange. Be so a very good. psychological thing. So just, good. Cumberbatch is going to destroy it. Regardless. Oh, absolutely. And then the other kind of weird thing that kind of came out is um, 
in conjunction with those rumors that were going around that Carol Danvers, uh, Captain Marvel might show up in Age of Ultron, an early script did feature her character. So the rumors are probably true for that script, but that, that script's script. not what they used. Right. So so it's a dated script, so we didn't end up seeing that, which is, <clears throat> you know, whatever. I, I could even still see them incorporating some small, can- even if it's not a person cameo, a letter, a, you know, a something like i could easily see them doing it just like with captain america 2 and the name drop of stephen strange like that was a throwaway name that they before they even cast the role so right. it'll be easy it was, just kind of, it was one of those oh my god what exactly they said it what <laughs> you heard that right like i i think i heard yeah it was so. like going back to us nerding it again but last episode of flash when they started <sighs> name dropping speed force and it's like i'm done fuck it i'm done <laughs> this is amazing it's the best ever so happy that's in two days oh my god you know what's really good so you know i was so in love with carter yeah but i never actually watched it live because i was just kind of like you know what? i don't really want to sit here you know what's good when i actually am watching flash live as it's coming out of the this fact point. i love when you text me because i purposely wait until mm, about 30 40 minutes into the episode because with dvr i can skip the commercial right. once it's that far ahead and still even after skipping commercials be caught up by the end usually i'm caught up completely like exactly as it's ending on tv is when i'm ending my dvr almost run. exactly yeah and you'll be texting me like before i start like 20 minutes in advance i'm just like don't worry i'm, I'm about to start don't <laughs> we'll, worry we'll just kind of like are you watching this so i can nerd about this with you please please <laughs> i need to i need to vent what's going on right now <laughs> it's so good um but going back um next piece of news is there's a gremlins reboot in the works and it's scripted by goosebumps writer carl ellsworth it's gonna make money because it's a gremlins reboot regardless well and gremlins kind of always fit into that like slightly more mature than goosebumps but same type of suspenseful twilight zone style horror without right. being like stephen king horror which is actually like really deep down terrifying this is much more of like well it'll give you a scare it's kind of creepy You'll laugh sometimes. Right. That's about it. So. But again, like Gremlins is just kind of one of those like cult obsessions. Yeah. Really, well, I'm, that's I'm gonna honestly, make money. I'm honestly excited. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Nothing more to really be said about it. Gizmo's great. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see. So long as they justify the whole creature turning into Gremlin thing a little bit more than like, you can't feed him after midnight. Well, who's midnight? Like what midnight are we talking I mean, about? I mean, if we're talking about it, I mean it's technically always after midnight. That's the thing. Like <laughs> you can't feed this animal ever, and then like with water, like it needs to drink and hydrate to be a living mammal. Like where does it get its water? On does the, soda? On the, on does the, soda? Like what happens? Like it's on the not, other hand, they could just keep that just absolute ridiculousness of it and just be like, nope, fuck it. This is this is yeah. Real. It's either you commit full or you just or correct those kind of mistakes by being more clear. But then it's going to be so it's like, oh, you can't feed the gremlins between midnight and 6 a.m. It's just like, stop. They could always go the route of making it more vague, though, too. Like, well, there's a legend that says that you can't get them wet and you cannot feed them after dark. That would even make more sense, yeah. That would be the simpler way out of this whole problem. After midnight, somewhere, <laughs> sometimes, maybe. In Canada. Yeah. Between midnight and 6 a.m. Jesus. Um... <laughs> We this next piece of news I'm actually really excited about. I never um, saw the first one, but it, there's a lot of hype going on about it. Let me put it this way. So the next piece of news is about Need for Speed, so people know. 
uh fast and furious you know how it's like acclaimed for being over the top ridiculous you know like the tank rolling down the highway and then like you know um luke evans's villain with the uh, f1 racers that like flatten out and suddenly they can be a ramp and launch cars like it's got that level of ridiculous need for speed is much more of like okay what's practical what's real like right when a car takes a turn too hard and goes rolling like it's more of that kind of stuff with the action so it plays more into reality than the fast series does but yeah this next piece of information is that we have the sequel confirmed which yeah. I'm happy about it. Like it's it, like I was just describing. Like you have the two different types of car films now. You have the ones that are going to be more like true core car films and less like let's play into all the flair. And then you have flat fast being like let's throw all the the sideshow, which the sideshow in cars, the car world is the women. The whole like let's strut these half naked women all over the screen just because it works. It gets people in the seats. So whereas Need for Speed is like fuck that. Like we're just gonna drive. We're gonna drive fast cars, drive cars, cars because we can. Yeah, it's good, but it's gonna like be it. more real. So yeah, it'll be cool. Um, we got the confirmation that Kingsman's Sophia Bortel or Bortella, Bortella yep. is cast for a role in StarCraft Three. Star Trek Three. What did I say? StarCraft. Oh, whoops. Yep. Star Trek Three. <laughs> uh, a lead role uh, of some sort. No idea who. No idea who or what. I'm still excited about this because I'm really hoping Idris Elba takes the Klingon villain role that'd be amazing oh yeah absolutely that'd be super cool um but yeah i wish uh anthony was here to nerd about his love for kingsman yeah pretty much it, but that's yeah exactly um i don't know he probably mentioned it like something about fire emblem or something <laughs> it would just go off um ian mckellen was cast as uh cogsworth in the beauty and the beast live i really action. don't know how i feel about this that's how i thought like when i saw it i was like i was like okay, okay it makes sense but really this is so weird. I just hope they don't like do. Uh, there's no way that they can do any like their transformation stuff and make me feel okay with it at this point. Like I'm really, I've really been racking my brain. I'm like, they could throw a clock, like an actual grandfather clock that never moves, but then it speaks to you. Like suddenly my brain started going. I'm like, no, how would they do that? Like there's got to be some way. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. I like the idea of Ian McKellen as I... the butler character the cogsworth actual like butler character um cogsworth i'm trying to think if it would almost be better if he was lumiere no lumiere was the romantic and i can't see ian mckellen being the romantic you know i guess so being a little bit of the uptight butler i can kind of see that better but yeah, coming off of that, we got a couple of actually a lot of concept art and confirmations, confirmation and images, revelate or revealings of random stuff. The first being um, Archangel concept art, yeah, was revealed, yeah, and it it looks a lot like Archangel in the same way that like the original comics had Angel where he just had the one set of wings and then Archangel had the four, the two big and then the two small. This concept art shows that it's just stylized in a very. Uh, I don't know. It's a very like atypical current X Men look. Yeah. Uh, there's not much else to say. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm just now. I just gotta see how it's used because I remember like Archangel would use his and he could throw blade feathers from his metal wings. God, that'd be cool. If they could yeah. Some way portray that in film. And it'd, it'd be, be pretty cool simple way. if they do it right. Let me put it right. That right. Like, That's the thing that they have to do. It well, like right. the way that he always did it in the sky was he was like up in the air and then he would even like bring his wing down with his arm made it seem more like you know he, he had to think of it like he thought of his arm 
and he would kind of throw it forward and the moment he would throw it forward like in a big flap a bunch of blades would come flying out so right. the action could look really cool in, uh, in live action yeah. we got the um the big reveal of fantastic four's thing which i mean it looks like the thing it looks just a little more gritty and it looks rougher. the way i put it best is uh you might vaguely recall did you watch that's the one you might not have seen that's the one i have not seen that's right i need to see it before so it's a very small moment but what's funny is the 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 character in question like many other marvel characters is actually a lot of other places um he plays a big role in hulk's planet hulk storyline um but there's a species that are rock creatures and it looks more close to that than the actual thing and it's the head shape these rock creatures tend to have like a weird forehead top of the head that's kind of smokestacky shaped right and thing kind of just had like a normal head shape i mean at the same time i mean it it literally just looks like a more modern to go with how they were originally marketing the film as a more gritty real real stupid i'm over this movie movie basically but it's just silly we also got um, the, the reveal of we've seen concept art as it for a while, and now we actually got a reveal in the, film the actual of look of it. Yeah, yellow jacket from Ant Man, and I know you have a bunch of issues. It's with not this. even like a bunch. Like I'm actually really okay with most of the costumes design itself. Like it makes more sense the way it looks. The only thing is those stupid legs. Like he never had them before, and then there's other costumes from other heroes that have them and i'm like why are you stealing from spider-man's iron spider why are you taking these concepts from this and applying it to a bug that's known for having a stinger and wings and that's its only defining fact like it's just like this doesn't make any sense why you're doing it hopefully they either this is the concept and then the real yellow jacket costume becomes a real thing in the sequels that i I can see them taking that direction i could see i could see that direction or proper justification on screen that would be if they properly justify it, i'm okay with it but or, just by looking at concepts i'm kind of annoyed maybe this is a suit the yellow jacket uses maybe act two in the film and maybe by act three he's developed a suit that has wings maybe i would just imagine that we would have already seen at least one leak well, maybe. of a developed one but who knows god knows what back to doing uh last bit of movie news this week will be a bunch of potential rumors not really sure if it's true at this yeah point, but it's really worth talking about there's a couple that are certain yeah. but the majority of which are definitely just concepts right uh the first one being that there's a rumor going around that disney wants to make a banjo kazooie movie which i really don't know how to feel <laughs> at all um, they would like the rumor coming around saying it'd be made by the same team that did Wreck-It Ralph. There's also been some talks of Banjo just flat out making an appearance in Wreck-It Ralph too. The um, movie would be out sometime between 2018 and 19. It's just really, really weird, and I don't really understand it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the same time, I was like, who else could make a good Banjo-Kazooie movie? Or just why do I, we need a Banjo-Kazooie movie, that's really? That's the bigger question. We just need a proper sequel that's not Well, it's the thing. So, like, between, like, this potential movie, all this talk about him potentially being in Smash, 
hell even Microsoft just doesn't, doesn't know what to do I think is right. where they're at really like realistically they're Microsoft sitting on this franchise and not sure of where to go personally it'd be really cool if Disney were to make a Disney XD series probably that's that could be kind of cool prospectively the most safe bet um just because Banjo Kazooie was so much more family friendly than Conquer even though it's the same exact style, same exact movement system. Same engine, I'm pretty sure. Same engine, actually. yeah. Same as uh, Donkey Kong 64 as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it could work better that way. Get it more distributed a little bit quicker. But even if it was a, something like Disney worked together with Netflix, like where they have all those like Inspector Gadget and stuff on there, like go that route. Don't make a movie. Yeah, don't make a full-fledged film. It, it's great characters, but not film franchise characters like batman yeah that's the very first and the last time i'm going to compare banjo kazooie to batman yeah, yeah please we don't need any more of that um hollywood is planning a five nights at freddy's film after the the crazy hype of the three games did you have you been watching the game theories on those because they're no. insanely good no i've just been like there's it's just kind of popping up everywhere on like random let's play channels and everything i'm just like what is going on with this game like everyone's like freaking out about it, and I'm just yeah, like, I don't, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, the easiest thing is that the first game got popular because of PewDiePie well, and yeah. his Let's Play. From there, it just spiraled out of control. Um, the creator, though, he's able to use the assets that he's done before to generate a new game really easy. So the three games is it. That's all it covers. Funny thing is, is that it's a spinoff of a news story about something that happened over in Aurora back in 1994. Um, that was a, an instance more of like disgruntled worker goes back and shoots the place up kind of thing that actually happened here but then in the game it's a lot more sinister and fucked up um, the purple man is the bad guy and he turns out to be the overnight security guard but like in the early days he was kidnapping kids and killing them oh, and stuffing their remains Happy. into the animatronics and that's the whole concept of the series is that the animatronics during the night are possessed by the the ghosts of the vengeful oh, kids not terrifying and since all. you're the new security guard ev- they're hunting down you because the one before you is the one that killed them. i mean i have interest in this game but i feel like i just cried to way too much uh, yeah it, <laughs> i've even watching those uh game theories i've been like these are fucked up, like really fucked up. The creators even said like he's woken up in the middle of the night, terrified that one of them is out of the. Oh, good! I'm like, glad that you're scared of this whole thing that you've created. Yeah, that's the thing is like he's admitted to like having night terrors over these characters because he's been working on them so much, and that the third game was his last, and he's not going back to the series ever again. Like it almost ruined his marriage. But they also talked about how that if this takes off enough, he would be involved in some way, shape, or form. Well, I'm sure that with a creative direction, he would be involved, but it's not as in depth as creating the game and trying to like beta test your own game. With a film, you can just kind of be on set, and stuff doesn't seem scary on set until they go into After Effects and start fucking around with that stuff. <laughs> Rawr. I'm yeah. the scary animatronic bear thing. That's terrifying and wants to murder you. <laughs> no, please no. Um, I'm so done with all this fucking Disney live action news. They're... I got. Let me put it this way. I watched season one of Once Upon a Time. It ends with one of the cool characters becoming the grown up real Pinocchio because he actually grew up as a child as a human and then the spell wore off when he was an adult and he goes back like he reverts that was the closest i needed to this so if you couldn't tell there there's talks of them making a pinocchio live action movie 
which Isn't that our Age of Ultron. Yeah, that's our joke with all the the use of no strings on me and yeah. the trailers and everything. That it's just, wait, this isn't just this Ultron. Ultron isn't Pinocchio. They're done, right? Like that's coming. Yeah, out. I mean, like this is just like we're making a movie. Oh wait, it's out in a month. God damn it! But it's just please stop, Disney. We're done with this. One or two of them was cool. Not what are we up to now? We've got only those coming out. Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, this. Um, Winnie the Pooh, Dumbo. That's yep. like seriously, some of these work. I some really of them want. Don't. I really would love an Aladdin one. Aladdin was yes. my favorite animated feature, and guess what? I can, I can envision that one on screen and go, okay, that would work pretty well actually. Half of these, like Beauty and the Beast, I'm like, it's been done on screen. I just don't remember it being that good right. in live action. Like, I don't the know. The thing that's – honestly, the p- thing that's probably made me the most excited about the Beauty and Beast one was Emmett Watson as yeah. Belle because she's going to be perfect for it. Yeah. Well, and then, like, the choice of Gaston with Luke Evans. Like, right. Luke Evans is a perfect Gaston. Most of the casting has been phenomenal. The thing that I'm unsure of is the characters that have to turn it to inanimate objects for the sake of the spell. That's the part that I'm always like, ah, I don't think this is going to go well. <laughs> what direction are you taking this? Please yeah. let me know. Um, there's a Grand Theft Auto film that's been in development by BBC Films. Um, threw me for a loop because I, I first thought, like, oh, like they're doing a new story. Just the same way that GTA 3, 4, and 5 were different stories. So what's this? And then I found out it's more like the social network where it's like a story of how they came to be and the dispute that happened between one of the lawyers, uh, Jack Thompson, and the co-founder, Sam Hauser. But they've uh, cast Daniel Radcliffe to one of those roles. I think it's Sam Hauser that he's playing. I'm pretty sure he's the co-creator. That's weird. Um, yeah, so it's going to be similar to Social Network where it's dramatized real-life events. That's weird. About the making of Grand Theft Auto, the game. That's weird. Yeah. I, I really don't know what else to say other than that. This one I'm very, very stoked about. Very excited. Um, Sony Pictures is developing Stephen King's The Dark Tower series into a film franchise. So a couple of things. Stephen King, the creator, is excited about this. Which is good. It's a brilliant creative Probably pretty works. good when um, someone who created something is excited for something he did. Yep. And then uh, those who have followed Roland over the, the, the seven books, I believe, seven or eight books, um has as he says he reassures basically that uh they will finally have their long-held hopes finally realized what's really cool about this and something i didn't realize that i've read the first two um one was for night school and one was just because it was cool it was cool enough during that night school that i was like i kind of want to keep reading these and didn't i haven't touched them since just because time but um whenever the books the books okay let me let me preface this better um he took a lot from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The fact that you have this sole hero who's trying to get to this one big location, the Dark Tower. Um, he takes a lot from Clint Eastwood, man's without, uh, the man with no name, which is where you get the gunslinger and the whole group of gunslingers from his village from. And then it's kind of set in this weird like post-apocalyptic area, but it has a lot of portals into other worlds. Those other worlds being set locations filled with characters from his other works. So the Dark Tower series actually is a giant. It's the thing that connects everything Stephen King's ever done with his life. <laughs> All right. Um, in a sense, this is the the linchpin for everything he's ever done. 
it's the piece that ties everything together weird occurrences things of that nature is the dark tower series they actually wrote a prologue and epilogue for his novels in marvel comics even interesting yeah and they also adapted several of those novels into graphic novel versions as well so really cool i mean i'm just excited because sony is kind of in a rebound position where i have a chance to rebound this would be a good this would be one of their better opportunities all right and it's a franchise i mean eight to twelve films depending on the length of the books and everything like that that's a lot of movies i know but you know it's a sustainable franchise right so that wraps up our film news yeah you want to take us into tv sure um tv we're um starting off with the announcement slash big reveal that jeremy clarkson stages his big bbc comeback just a month after being fired from top gear yeah but this time it's not going to be with top gear uh, that dispute with that producer still stands and he's standing by his guns on that part of it but um he's not banned from appearing on other things on bbc and the bbc knows that he brings viewers yeah that's basically why they're allowing this to yeah, happen. Yeah. Because it's going to bring them a lot of viewership. Especially with the fallout of that previous series and then the subsequent return. Like, are you going to talk about what happened? Pro- I mean, you probably won't, but people will want to see if you will. Right. And so, that's basically why. Um, the Haitian is coming back to Heroes Reborn. Heroes are my favorite pieces just because, like, the guy that can put you to sleep and take away your powers a little bit or at least subdue them or whatever it was i can't exactly remember that well um but he could definitely put you to sleep and he was just like the g-man's right hand man like that was just fun um i haven't even actually even seen him on arrow but i'm sure he is on there like i'm positive he's on there just because of the kind of work he does but he's probably in season three and like i've said before in the past i just have not watched season three um, you want to take the Flash news? Flash oh, Arrow spinoff? We'll stay connected um, news? Yeah, we got some news of basically from Stephen Amell how Flash Arrow and the spinoff are going to continue to stay connected. We've already seen a lot of this. Yeah. I don't understand why this was a lot of news, but um, Amell is under the impression that it will be a side character from Arrow, whether or not it's been a character that's developed or not yet, yep. will bounce between all three shows. Uh, Amell himself doesn't think it. he's going to be crossing over much except for those select episodes event yeah. things um like i've already said we've already seen this with uh felicity and captain boomerang we're gonna see it this week with the atom and felicity returning yep um so is it this going to continue to be felicity there's talk probably that it could be another villain or who i or could see also firestorm back as to well as firestorm Ad- or adam, adam. Yeah, yeah both those characters are going to bounce a lot uh, especially the fact that Adam is so entrenched in Queen Industries, Queen Consolidated. Um, I don't know where he's at in the series. I just know for a while there he was the CEO of Queen Consolidated. And so if he's hopping over to Flash and the uh, third series. I would really just like a title for this series at this point. <laughs> Something. Other than, oh, yeah, it's that, that Flash and Arrow spinoff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I And I'm even more confused by this spinoff because they're saying the characters are going to be in it. And then, like, it, the the art – I wouldn't, shouldn't say protection. The, the photos that they're releasing as, like, production photos show them all teamed up. And I'm like, who – what the fuck is this? Because the villains and heroes are, like, standing together against something else. What's going on? So, like – That's weird. I have no idea. You know what I mean? Like, I have zero clue as to what's going on with this whole thing. 
Uh, last piece of TV news, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, is going to receive probably another spinoff series um, on ABC. So when you s- would you consider Carter a spinoff of sort of. Agents? Kind of. It's definitively connected. Yes. There's no doubt in my Absolutely. mind Absolutely. So uh, this will be produced by S.H.I.E.L.D. producer Jeffrey Bell, who's also worked on Angel and the X-Files. And it will be written by S.H.I.E.L.D. writer Paul uh, Zbizewski. Nailed it. Close enough. <laughs> um, from Lost in Hawaii Five O. Now, have they announced what the series is going to be about? Is it just no? It just has been off. Um, my best guess is that we will see a spinoff, probably spinning out of Avengers: Age of Ultron. In addition, uh, probably the growing need for agents and a new Shield order requires there to be more teams. Um, without being so explicit as to be like, let's make a, a show for every team, but more of like, okay, so this initial team was a group that was like meant to take care of the weird stuff that the normal agents wouldn't mess with, that whatever the purpose is of this new group is going to be something they need to cover a basis, whatever it may be. Um, I could easily see this also spinning out as a setup for Captain America Civil War. Yeah. You have two Agent Shield shows on the air, one that sits on one side of that fence and the other sitting on the other. And then working with the movie split as well. So I could see it. I mean, it's not too far off on my thought processes of this whole setup. Hmm. Just so long as just like we've said about DC, they just can't get out of hand with this kind of stuff. Don't drag series out because you want to maintain a franchise if it feels like it's right time just end it because you have enough series to float you now you can end one if you need if the storyline's done right don't be afraid to go that route but yeah that wraps up tv news yeah no comic book news this week there was nothing really happened Um, so the only thing i saw that wasn't even like heavy it was just um what's interesting you might guys you guys might want to check out some of the nerdist currently they have uh, a couple articles right now that are interesting because they're having a bunch of really old comic book writers and artists reviewing the new changes to uh, dc that's so cool it's, it's, like it's kind of cool to see what their thoughts are on it so if you guys want to check that out it's over at the nerdist um yeah nothing really big there i just noticed that this morning while i was perusing some stuff so just so we have something there that's cool <laughs> yeah pretty cool on to gaming with the really weird news that yeah. um amazon Potentially might have saved Crytek, who is most well known for the Crisis series, mm-hmm. from bankruptcy. Yep, it's a little weird. Um, there's been news that they have been doing very well. They've been laying off people. People basically going on strike because of um, wage lowerings and stuff like that. So Amazon swooped in and apparently bought their CryEngine three for somewhere between fifty and seventy million dollars. Yeah, it's really weird. And it basically, like at one point, I was like, "Why does Amazon need a game engine?" But it's like so they can make a shit ton of money from somewhere else by selling. The well, because remember they were trying to start up their games division, right? This probably factors directly into that. Yeah, is that you're taking the company that is most well known for their graphics development and putting them in your pocket for when you want to bring out your next, your big thing, whatever that is. Um, yeah, it, it's it kind of feels a little bit on that like planned kind of situation rather than anything else. But who knows? We'll see how it develops. Um, mm-hmm. it's really cool. 
kind of weird though it was really weird actually i don't really know what to think of it um a video started like circling the hearthstone community this week that yeah. amaz who is one of the world's best players frequent streamer of the game actually full-time streamer of the game yeah um he i don't know if he was born in china but he is of chinese descent chinese descent and culture and stuff um blizzard has hired him to voice some of the cards in the chinese translation of the game yep which i just thought was super duper cool that you're taking a character uh, someone who's so huge in the hearthstone community and actually putting, putting it into them, the game yeah so i just thought it was really cool. yeah that's just really cool for them to do yeah um the uncharted trilogy for ps4 has been listed on a french retailer site uh cd um it's just interesting that this that they would post that just a week after the delay announcement and um more than likely um with the way that uh naughty dog has worked with developer uh blue point games before it's probably going to be them to perform the remaster on the franchise mm-hmm and it makes perfect sense. Like if they're if they planned for a fall release and they need to fill that gap, they can go to another company and be like, "Look, can you remaster these in nine months so we can have something for holiday release? Because we just we just move something off that date and we have nothing." So I'm not exactly upset or anything or anything like that, but it's just it makes too much sense not to be the right, case. Exactly. It's basically like what you said. It's like they need to put something there to basically generate the money for basically them to say, here, to survive. here's something to hold the candle to Microsoft's huge fall. This yeah, year. right. Um, So I didn't even know that this was originally an April Fool's thing. but I were, saw it on April Fool's, but I didn't share it. I thought I, I actually it had saw, seen it before April Fool's. It's a weird I might thing. have even shot There was some concept it. art of this thing called the Smart Boy, which is essentially an iPhone peripheral that turns your iPhone into, into a, a Game, Game Boy. Boy Color or Game Boy whatever. whatever. Um, and apparently it's going to become real now because yep. of all the hype be- behind it and all the want for it. It's only for iPhone right? currently. Uh, they might wind up releasing an Android, but th- that's harder to track for because Android platforms change size for phones, and this is very specifically designed for like a, f- a size of an iPhone. Right. Um, there's been a lot of, like, is this technically legal and a lot going around about it, but, I mean, how would they have structured is you have to have the cartridge. And people forget constantly that if you physically own the game, emulation is not illegal. Yep. So you'd have to own the game. I don't know if it would just work that, like, once you put the game in, basically it just saves the the ROM file to Probably. your phone. Um, You know that big console that you can order online that's got, like, every slot for the, those era cartridge games mm-hmm. for everything? Uh, dig did some digging on it. The most recent version of it, what it does is it saves all the data from the cartridge, and you just have to have the cartridge in for it to register that you own it. Otherwise, it won't emulate it. So it runs off of emulator save rather than from the cartridge itself. So I'm sure this is the same per- kind of peripheral, in which case there's already products out there that circumvent that whole thing for TV based consoles and old, more specifically for the older consoles that most people probably don't own anymore. This is kind of following that same vein of thought. It's just now it's on a smartphone rather than plugging your TV. Right. The crazy thing about this is if this actually does take off, how much of a market would this create for GB games again? It probably wouldn't do it a whole lot considering the way that Nintendo's products kind of 
stay stable across decades. Um, I say that because they don't depreciate in value. I mean, and in turn, they don't appreciate rapidly enough. Um, They do appreciate pretty well when they do, like stuff from the 80s is now going for thousands of dollars. But, again, that's a 30-year turnaround. Um, I'm sure the stuff from the 90s, probably not nearly as much as we would hope, but you're probably right. Like, it would probably get some interest in that trading and selling market again. So, who knows? We'll see what kind of happens with that thing because it's it's just such an interesting, weird thing in general right um this is kind of funny so in as a follow-up to the halo online announcement for the the russian market um pc gamers uh modders have begun taking it and trying to change it so that it can be globally accessed it's just weird i mean i get the entire thing is weird i mean the the fact that like now like microsoft is like filing like dcmc stuff and like trying to get it taken down like why why are you targeting this at just specifically one region and you haven't really given a full reason other than oh yeah we're just targeting this for russia right now why it's just so odd um the modders are basically like i said they're trying to get it available for the rest of the world and they feel um like they're ethically in the right because it's a free-to-play game why shouldn't everyone else get the opportunity to play it yeah, I love that the modder team is El Dorito. Right, I saw that. I was like, that's, seriously, that's pretty awesome. That's look, let's look at our, our giant modern. elbow nudge at Microsoft. That's just funny. It's just really <laughs> silly, and like I said, this is weird. Yeah, that we have people who feel the need to do this, but at the same time, it's weird that Microsoft, Microsoft feels the need to do this. Yeah, exactly. That needs to limit it to such a small audience. Right. right. I don't know. Um, Dead Island Two been delayed until fall 2015 or later maybe I mean, we maybe. don't really know just because we haven't heard it anything was originally about the slated game. for spring 2015 and we are in spring 2015 with no announcements whatsoever so that being said we have no idea when this is getting delayed but it's very heavily insinuated that it is uh two main theories going around about the delay um is they're pushing it back simply because of the um success of dying light yeah which essentially is kind of let the hype of um, zombie FPSs kind of die down before you release one. Yeah. Which makes sense. And it's also, again, to kind of push it back to relieve some of the congestion from the already huge huge fall yeah. with Halo 5, Bunch Battlefront, of Rise of the Tomb Guardian, potentially Division. Basically, if we put this game out here, it no one's really going to give a shit. So let's yeah. push it back more. Yep. So. I don't know. I enjoyed the first one. I never played the I've first one. I remember watching the trailer and just being like, what the fuck is this? Because the trailer for the first one was so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's really cool that you can easily drop in and drop out of friends' games and just start helping them with whatever mission they're on. The first one was buggy as all hell. Right. And it was almost game-breakingly broken. Um, But, yeah, if they fixed it all and made it nice for two, that could be really fun to get a couple people on and just play around on a Dead Island 2 fuck around that's what it became after a while was just fucking around it's a fuck around game yep it's fucking in zombie wasteland area so like you can just run up on somebody and both you can just start let's get this guy just start beating the crap get this zombie whack 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 whack. that's what made it kind of enjoyable that's silly um you're kind of excited about this one you're not sure if you're gonna get it or not right no that my comment was that was totally a joke okay i missed that but we got some um some 
news about the pre-orders available for the Radia the Sky Soldier limited edition yeah. things. I haven't really even seen what the game is about. But the fact I that know, it's from the creators yeah. of the original Sonic and the Knights games kind of like makes me raise an eyebrow and just be kind of interested in it. Yeah, so the pre-orders are now available, and the Wii U edition will go for $75, and the 3DS version will be $55. Um, it includes a 5x7, 35-page uh, hardcover art book, 10-song single-disc original soundtrack with jewel case, collector's box and then there will be bonus time or bonus items with key of time pendant with chain <gasps> excuse me uh it i don't know i've tried looking a little bit into it um it looks cool uh i'll wait probably till it's out before i make a decision but um if i get it i'll probably get it on three uh wii u right um kind of just looks interesting but again like the fact that it's from the people who did knights and the good sonics yeah more or less that's my thought process on it too is just that like okay well there's there's promising creative power behind this i might want to jump in on it because of that but i'm not 100 percent sold on it either just because like this is my second time hearing about it i think and it comes out in september so i mean there's still a ways off so yeah e3 there'll probably be a bunch of hype about it if there's putting out as much marketing for it now we'll just wind up seeing a nice little direct on it and that'll be the end of that probably um we've got i've actually saw this for a couple weeks now but um rockstar is kind of taking a stand against people hacking and cheating in gta online yeah uh most notably people who are exploiting and putting the duke of death Mm -hmm. from single player into multiplayer and rockstar is just like nope if you bring it into multiplayer we're just gonna blow you up it's funny i watched the video on it and like you can totally just bring it into the game and it doesn't do anything. It's the moment that you, the moment you close the car door as your character's climbing in, the moment the door shuts, the whole thing just explodes. That's hilarious. Yeah. So it's just funny. It's, it's I think just it's funny. I think it's funny how they're tackling it too, instead of just like not letting you bring it on. It's like, no, we're gonna let you bring it on. And it's just we're just going to blow you up. Yeah. Just fuck you. There's just some funny like game creators are getting really creative with a lot all these uh, illicit people just taking their games and stuff. There was a game that I was looking at the other day that like the way the creators made it pirate proof was you would get in, I think, an hour. It would let you get in that far, and then your character would just turn into a bird and couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's funny. I remember there were um, multiple checks in the mother games mm-hmm. and it was always in like this like random like club scenes where there was like a little mini cutscene of like people like dancing and yeah. this game would just do a piracy check and if it were if it had anything suspicious it would just shut down the game would just turn off damn yeah it's just interesting because i don't know again just i just funny. like that instead of just not letting it go on at all they're they let it go on and just blow you up yeah they just like ah, you 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 idiot! You let that happen. We, we, you, you thought you did it, but you thought you got, got away with we it. We got you. We got you. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. Um, Final Fantasy 13 comes to mobile in Japan. This is ridiculous, in my opinion. The fact that you know we it's have a 20 what? megabit download. That's tiny for how big this game is. I know. It's streamed though, so that's the convenient part. Convenient in the sense Ish. the fact that you still need to hold the internet connection to be able to play it. 
Yeah, it's just so ridiculous. Uh, apparently, there's been reports of lag because of the. Well, um, I wonder why. You're streaming a massive game to a fucking Phone iPhone. That's just absolutely silly. I mean, like, they've seen success with what I want to say Final Fantasy 1 through 6. Tactics, Chrono Trigger, all that are all on iOS at this point. But it's just like, seriously? This is. How is this going to work? The fact that you have to justify No, like, we're going to put this game on, but you have to stream it. Yeah. Or to play it. No one's going to go be like, oh, well, I can finally play Final Fantasy 13 on my phone. My live stream is fulfilled. God damn it. Because I don't think anyone really cares about Final Fantasy 13 anymore. No one does. Not a single person. No. Because 15 looks so much better, and that's why everyone just wants it right now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We got some more news uh, coming off of what we talked about last week with more of a confirmation of why Splatoon won't have voice chat built in yeah and basically they're blaming the toxicity of the internet and just like the bad rap that voice chats have gotten to quote the directors yeah uh, directly um not that you'll be able to hear any cussing yourselves but soon we'll have no voice chat now and it never will you can blame the infamous toxicity of online players for that this is coming from personal experience when i played online games i didn't like the negativity i got people telling me your crap go away so we wanted to focus on the positive aspects of online gaming it's so silly you'll still be able to hear yourself yell god damn it you motherfuckers right like you'll still hear that just fine but you won't hear that from other people you know what it's gonna be it's going to be you're a motherfucker because you can't hear me for what i'm trying to tell you it's yeah gonna be that it's just gonna turn stupider and stupid like we were talking about this before Nintendo wants to be in the future of gaming. They have to adopt some of the philosophies and practices that other companies have done, such as provide a much simpler, smoother, and more in-depth experience for online play, which means usually creating a profile and then adding your friends by adding their names. And that's not a 24 character code code that you have to play tic-tac-toe with. And you both have to trade and enter separately. Otherwise, you're not friends because apparently I can add your number. And then it'll just have you listed on my friends pending until you add my number to yours. And then it'll say that we're friends. Because that's logical. Um, well, absolutely. It's logical to Nintendo because they're doing what Nintendo's done for a while now. And I really hope NX goes that route of adjusting those practices. Well, like at I the same before. time, I really feel like you can't justify as, oh, this is a new console and we're going to be more hardcore right, this way. Right, right. I really hope that they're not going to adopt those philosophies just because of that. I really want them to adopt these philosophies because they realize they need to. Well, and it was like I was telling you before, um, mobile is also the high-demand piece of this because you're going to have to make a profile online that will sync between your console-based experience and your mobile-based experience. That being said, I don't know what the patches are going to look like for things like the new 3DS to get that in on that stuff. Because it's difficult that they just launched a console, even if it is a handheld, uh, that is rising successfully really quickly. When they've announced that this summer they're develop they're shutting down Club Nintendo completely, and that they will follow up with a new service that will be profile based to come later, and it's like it's so really you're shutting down Club Nintendo to remake Club Nintendo in pairing it with things like the PSN network and right. Xbox Lifestyle. So they're going that route. But yeah, they're shutting down Club Nintendo rather than just adding to it. 
They could have just added profiles and called it there. Club Nintendo 2.0 and just revamped everything. Yeah, but no. They wanted but to no, go something else. But no, let's shut it down. Um, but those are signs that they're going to go that way. And I feel like they've realized it, that financially they can't continue the way they're going. They just can't. So who knows? I, I'd love to see them develop some form of party-based chat that is maybe exclusive to friends list. I'd That'd be, be the easiest way to do it. Okay with that. I'd be just barely okay with that. Um, while I don't use it, I appreciate the fact that the things like Destiny have added just fire team chats. I don't like using them, but they're there. No, I like to cuss out people for being retarded anyway. Good job. <laughs> I, I like that you are adding to the toxicity, but I mean we've are, we've already talked about four hundred like the the most assholes. Yeah, the people in Destiny. No, I'm just so judgmental against people. You and I both, but we don't jump in and start cussing out to their face. That's the funny part. Like we we are more than willing to critique them like assholes every time. Oh, look at this noob. Duh, nice Nova bomb oh, noob. Dude, Jesus, you missed everybody. Oh my god, you're the worst golden gun oh in existence. Oh, why are you blade dancing now? There's no enemies. Oh, that, yeah, that's us. Why did you time. die? You're why dumb. did you use Fireborn without <laughs> Resurrect? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. No, we we are pretty bad, but I we don't remember, tell them to their face. I remember my best one of some guy like running around with um, Glowhu like the day that yeah uh, it, or that it no, dropped, and like the drop. guy was like in Voidwalker, and I was like, "Why are you using Voidwalker for Crota?" And then I was like, "Oh, because it makes a lot of sense <laughs> because of Life Train." Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks, guy. <laughs> Thanks for for making me realize Thanks a better way. That I'm an idiot, right? God dang it! <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the toxicity is a justification enough to say we're not going to supply you with a way to communicate to your allies how to move in this combat game that's based around team based right. mechanics. Like, yeah, we're going to build great team. Ga- oh wait, we don't have any way for them to communicate. This is just going to be chaos all the time. Chaos always, always. Have fun. Get wrecked. Noobs. Anyways, on a much more fun, possibly amazing news, depending on how this develops. Uh, Lego and TT Games uh, revealed that they are releasing Lego Dimensions. Um, Was that this fall, I think? I want to say it's fall. I believe so. Um, It's connecting multiple worlds and characters owned by WB. Very specific, because you won't be seeing Marvel superheroes in this. You'll be only seeing DC heroes mix it up with... uh, Lord of the Rings characters. Lord of the Rings. Uh, Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. All owned by Warner Brothers. Um, So it makes sense why those guys are there. Um, But it'll be similar to Disney Infinity, Skylanders, Amiibo. Things with the near field communication systems. Um, Currently it looks like it's going to be pretty much a straight rip off of those things. Where it's just like a character on like a little Lego platform. And then you put that platform on the, the thing. And boom. You got the character in the game. Um we immediately started thinking of where this will go. If they can get to the point where uh, the platform has some form of camera scanner thing, it'd be really cool. I think the coolest thing would be like, you got a new game. You go to this location in the game and it's like, okay, we're going to have a team deathmatch in Lego because <laughs> it's funnier. Develop. Okay, you have 10 minutes. You, you get five bases or five sets, building sets that are compatible with this game. You can use any pieces from those sets to develop these bases. You've got 10 minutes to build two bases. Go. Go. 
and then once the bases are done it's like now select your 10 characters and you just throw 10 characters on the platform and then it just drops you into the game with the different bases that you built in the real world physically scanned in and recreated in the game and you take control of the characters and you play essentially the same way you did as a child with legos in real life but now you're doing it a different way you're forcing kids to build in the real world and then digitally play with them which would be just kind of a cool development on this idea as it stands right now it's probably just gonna be just like infinity or skylanders which is I'm okay i'm just excited to see that there's a delorean yeah lego delorean coming out because of this yeah i'm gonna run around with fucking totally lego Monty mcfly and doc brown and just have a grand old time yeah i it's what i've always been wanting is just like a really truly immersive one of these because like I never got into the Skylanders. I flat out just didn't care. I was like, Spyro's dead to me pretty much after the years of bad games. Right. Um, Disney Infinity got kind of grabbed my attention, but not enough to go and get any of the sets. Like, I would love to play Marvel, the Marvel ones. And then um, Amiibo I've gotten just because Nintendo statues yeah, are good. More of a collectible than actually using the yeah. game more than anything else. And and a Lego one could be really cool. Right. Lego um, Florian. Yeah. So. That's the main. That's the main uh, topic of all this. Yeah, we've got some more news on the next uh, Tony Hawk title, which is um, it's not a confirmed sequel or a confirmed um, title at this point. It's more just a project title of Tony Hawk Five. Yeah. So based on what this means, it'll be a true sequel to the last of the actual Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. The last one was actually for the more like two to three minute, do everything you can in this level really super quick. Yeah, or even if they go the route of Underground, it was like an open world, but you would grab missions from standing characters, and the missions would essentially follow the same rules as the traditional pro skater. Um, it allowed you to not have to keep going back and forth between menus and world, which I like that a lot more because, yeah, you've got two minutes to complete this objective, but you've got all the time in the world to just skate around. Right. Um well, that's why, like, I was talking about, like, the last Tony Hawk game I played really was American Wasteland. Yeah, and, and I American Wasteland was awesome. Yeah. It was so good. Like, like I, I said, uh, the last one I touched was uh, Underground 2, which I loved, but it was more cartoony um, and followed a much more jackass theme. So, like, it's been a while because since then they've done only Ride and other garbage that I can't think of. I can't was Tony know. Hawk involved with the ride games? Actually, yeah, Tony. Well, really? No, uh, Tony Hawk Pro. What was it called? Tony Hawk's, the one that created that stupid board. I think it was Tony Hawk's ride. I think it was actually. Tony Hawk's ride. Yeah. But then we saw like just skate. And skate. Stuff, like that. that was the other one. Yeah. Um, skate wasn't bad. People actually really liked skate. But it, it was did. Weird. It was thumbstick controls. There was a lot of thumbstick uh, to to control what move you were doing, kind of thing. It was weird. I don't know. Uh, what's interesting? Do you see how that that leaked? No. The caterer to a Activision press event that was held in at Tony Hawk's warehouse skate park that he owns. Um, they set up the catering in the half pipe. And then on a, a projection screen, it was like the screensaver was just a giant thing that said Tony Hawk's with a giant five behind it. And then Activision came out like a week later and was like, yeah, that's uh, a working title. We have yeah, no, that's a thing. We have no real title yet that just you can sit on that knowledge like that guy fucked up and released that by accident because he was just trying to show off that he's catering tony hawk's event <laughs> although i can totally see them just going tony hawk 5 yeah 
Oh, yeah, easy. Easily. Done. Nailed it. Toss Pro Skater somewhere in there, too. Fuck it. Pro Who Skater, knows? Tony Hawk. Not even Tony Hawk's <laughs> Pro Skater. Yes. <laughs> yes. The Pro Skater, Tony Hawk, the five. Right. The, the five. The five. The five. This is absolutely um, This is stupid. So there's been some, with the all the drama, for lack of a better term, going on between Kojima and Konami and everything yeah. going on with Metal Gear Solid 5. Basically, there's been a lot of fans saying that, oh, if Kojima isn't getting full credit for Metal Gear 5, we're just not going to buy it. And there's been a lot of protesting about the whole yeah. thing. Um, a couple of the voice actors from the game have come out and said, no, please do not boycott this game because at the end of the day, this is his creation. Yeah. And no amount of bad decision-making from Konami's upper management should deter you from buying this game. Recently, they've also gone ahead and attached Kojima's name once again to the MGS5 for, uh, website. They have put yeah. it back up there? That's yeah. cool. Um, the interesting thing is that his name has still been remained off of um, the Silent Hill website. So, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Whatever. I feel like no matter what, people are going to buy this game. Yeah. Regardless. The, the hype has been insane, especially yeah. with the weird ground zeros or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. Okay, so I'll set this up first. Kratos is a hidden boss in Shovel Knight. That being said, the Xbox One, so that's for the PS4 port. The Xbox One port will also get um, a Battletoad boss. Um, it's silly, but I love it. It's to give incentive to a game that's been out for almost a year right. on other platforms. You may have bought this on Steam. But, but now you can fight Kratos. Yeah, so it's that sort of thing, which is good. Like, they're developing new content for new consoles, which is fine. I really hope Kratos is just, like, stupid hard. And then, I hope Battletoads is stupid hard. Oh, otherwise either one. Stupid. Either one of them. Just stupid hard for no stupid good reason. Right. Um, This one's funny. There was an announcement that came out this week that uh, the Witcher 3 devs sped run the game in 25 hours. And it's just like, yeah, this is, this is what a... Uh, normal speed run of the game will take no give like the community like a week yeah people running and like 10 minutes just like what we saw with bloodborne like dude went up knocking it out in 18 minutes what like what we've seen recently with like even like stuff with ocarina of time yeah stuff we've seen with what that fallout 3 run a couple weeks ago yeah the yeah game was completed in 19 minutes like no this is a game that's supposed to take you like a hundred days yep and it's beaten in 18 minutes yeah, so people are gonna break your game. Don't be all. Oh, our game is so massive; it takes you twenty five hours to speed run it. Where you're dumb. Wait till the people figure out glitches in your game. Right. I mean, I bet. I beat. I bet if they did, if the developers of Ocarina of Time did a speed run when it came out, it would still wind up being like a seventeen hour game. Probably. Yeah, something like that. Fifteen hour game. And what's what's the world record right now? Like seventeen something minutes something like that yeah yeah and we're talking heavy use of the glitches but even still yeah stuff that they never would have dreamed of being the case right um a game that came out 16 years ago is yep. getting an expansion age of empires which many people kind still of play and still play by. and say is one of the best rts games ever i wasn't even aware there was a steam port and right. that makes me really excited and i might buy it actually yeah that was last year yeah. So, so that's the sequel. That's that's when I was reading about this more in depth. This expansion that's coming out is actually an expansion to that one, right? But still, I mean, yeah. that's a straight up just HD, HD version port, of the game yeah. that came out 16 years ago. Yeah, just kind of revamped because people are still playing it. People, uh, it's looking like it'll. This expansion will also include one new civilization to play as, 
Um, this is a follow-up because earlier this year was when the first expansion came out. So it's just, luckily this is not like, oh, the group that worked on one expansion that came out 14 years ago is now working on the second one finally. This is just like, okay, the HD came out last summer and then we're in a normal dev cycle from then. But it's yeah, just it's just really, really crazy. cool and awesome that a game that is so cherished by the RTS community for so many years. Like, oh, yep, we're still actually going to keep developing content for yeah. it. Yeah, because it's especially, still especially overhyped. with the resurgence of popularity, like that's really great for them. Right. Um, our final two pieces of gaming news this week are announcements from two huge gaming franchises. Yep. The first one being the confirmation. We kind of already knew it was going to happen, but yeah, know, the next Call of Duty game will be Black Ops Three. Uh, it was a leak, and then there was a trailer, kind of teaser trailer. I think the official announcement is in about two weeks. Yeah, I want to say, like and then we also got the confirmation that zombies will return. Yeah um depending on what the game looks like i might even wind up getting this one because i mean black ops 2 i got dragged into by a friend uh multiplayer was actually kind of fun on that one um it wasn't nearly as clunky as some of the other call of duties and so i mean the only call of duty i've actually bought close to launch was the original black ops yeah and black ops one multiplayer was hella fun yeah absolutely so the story wasn't complete garbage the black ops series in general has actually had a much more compelling storyline than the other call of duties because it's so much more dark and psychological the other ones kind of just rely on an atypical military background kind of thing whereas this is much more of like no black ops is set up in the mentality that like the first game happened during um the cold war (laughs) and that's a little bit different kind of era that's a lot more spy kind of shit and fucked up head trauma kind of stuff i so. still just the the ending of the first one still kind of just boggles me to this day that you are left with the question of if your character was involved in the kennedy assassination it's just yep. kind of like what the second one left you hanging on if you killed a dictator or your best friend oh good i never played the story of the second yeah one. i, I just remember it. that happened and it was actually an optional decision like you could shoot or you kill, could not shoot a guy that had his mat like a mask a bag on his head and you were told that it was someone that needed to die, but you could have easily, like, if you wait long enough, it'll finally pull you out and say that, like, you didn't kill the guy and he survived. But it was a giant reveal that, like, it made you feel like you had to take the shot. And so one of my friends actually took the shot and then felt like shit later because he found out he killed his friend. It was one of those kind of things. He was like, it's the first time I've had that happen in a game where I legitimately was like, I should redo that. <laughs> I should replay the game just so I so, can just maybe that situation. I might get this one. Maybe. We'll have to see. <laughs> uh, and then we had the pretty massive announcement of the next Deus Ex game, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Oh, so good. It looks so good. It started with this really weird. weird. I weird. still don't even understand how it has any relevance to the actual game, but it was this weird kind of teasing thing on Twitch. It featured a man alone in a room being viewed through lenses of a security camera. Two other men would enter the room and ask whether the the prisoner preferred uh, folk music or classical music. And then Twitch users would vote for a while. And then regardless of the result, uh, the man would wind up uh, lying on the middle of the floor. And it was just kind of like, I still don't really understand how this has any connection to the game in any way. Sense or trying form. to piece it together in my head. And basically what I'm coming up sort of with is... To set up the kind of with the situation of Deus Ex, long story short, company is producing prosthetics for humans. Main character from the game before this had both arms, both legs, and his eyes replaced with cybernetics. 
and he was finding out how corrupt the company was that gave him those kind of augmentations. And with the mentality that mankind divided is that some people are probably supporting augmentations and some people are not. And so kind of in lieu of all that, this decision-making thing on Twitch would be, it's showing that mankind can be divided between folk music and classical as, on the surface layer. But on so a deeper goofy, layer, though. yeah, on a deeper layer so though, goofy. the guy could be under physical control of inner internal cybernetics like that could be the whole mystique of this whole weird pseudo campaign thing that they're doing on one hand it's really super cool that you have a company like square enix taking yeah. to twitch yeah. of all places to promote their new product right it's really goofy in a sense um the trailer ended up dropping a day early of this whole event and yeah. my god does it look good yeah like I said, uh, like I was telling you, I pretty much I've barely touched the one before this. Like I played I've never about touched any of them. I like half. Really, I want to say half. I had a lot of interest in Human Revelation, but when everyone told me that, like, yeah, the boss battles are stupid, awful, and basically break the entire game, I kind of drew away from it. The sneaking around and uh, like in was cool because, unlike most games, which like really will make you feel like one way is better than the other, whether it's non-lethal or lethal um this was a game that very much you just had different rewards the same quality of rewards but just different and re helped reinforce your decisions on a moral basis of like do i knock this guy out or do i just shoot him right in the face like right. what do i do so that was really good um first person the entire time is kind of clunky sometimes especially when you just have to walk around an office all day because sometimes you had to go back to your office at where you worked and that was always kind of like weird like you simple puzzles like password to get into Susie's office because Susie might have some documents that might you know be incriminating or something. punch the door down he was always like okay now you got to go in uh inspect Debbie's office to find the code to Susie. like it would be God shit damn like it, that. Debbie I knew yeah. you're hiding stuff from me it was shit like that where it was just like really cumbersome systems that just more or less wound up just slowing you down and not making you feel like you were actually doing something cool but as a series, it's still really good. It's got you know decent run. It's been around since two thousand, so yeah. they've got to be doing something right. Human Revolution, like people loved other than the boss. Yeah, Human Revolution fun. was fun and looked good for PS3. Mm -hmm. So, so um, Mankind Divided will be um, released for PS4, X1, and PC. They have announced that boss design has been a priority throughout the dev cycle. Yeah, which comes off of the the reaction from Human Revolution and everything. Uh, there's no release date. It's just coming soon. So that coming from Square Enix, we'll probably see it in something like 2022. <laughs> or end of 2015, because fuck it, it's out. That'd be hilarious. Like, yeah, this is our newest franchise right now. Yeah, this is, this is like our new priority. This is like you have Rise of Tomb Raider. You've got Final Fantasy 15, Kingdom Hearts 3. Yep. It's like you bitches need to make a decision. They hype the stuff that takes years, and they don't talk about the things that are coming out later this year. Like, I could as disgusting as it is, I could see them going that route. Fucking assholes. Hate you so much. Yeah. But yeah, I think that kind of wraps up news. Yeah. Um, any final thoughts on news this week? Anything that the trailer just looks for Deus Ex looks so good. It made me so hyped and I really just want to actually play through that series now. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll make sure that you get my stuff so you can have the licenses because there's no real reason, especially after it was free on plus last year for you to go out and buy it necessarily. Yeah. Um it was wait till Steam sale. There, that too. That also works pretty well. Because it's only like flatline. It's like only seven dollars on Steam, which isn't even that bad. True. 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of my thoughts on news is just that uh, a lot of series that are starting and ending right now. It's just too much. It is a lot, which um, we're going to take a break real quick. After that, we'll go into our topic, which is kind of us talking about all these series. Super and- franchises, as I like to call them, because even though it's not pertaining to the word superhero, it's super in the sense that they're just larger-than-life franchises. Fucking huge. Huge franchises. Right. So, super franchises. We'll come back in a little bit. 